counselors, having spent a career buying companies for the long-term growth he seeks to achieve on behalf of his investors. He is a man whose passion believes in independent thinking and who isn't afraid to search for new investment opportunities wherever they may exist around the world. During his career, Ned has made significant and lasting contributions to Canada's minerals industry and capital markets as a company builder, merchant banker, and investment advisor. I will now turn it over to Ned so he can be begin his presentation, Capital Rebound, How, When, and Where Will It Come Back? Please join me in welcoming Ned to the stage. Nice to be here. I'm going to start with a uh, few personal comments uh, in the sense that uh, I would like to uh, bring to memory uh, in, a, in a nice way uh, the life of uh, Jack McEwen, who is no longer with us, was a dear friend. Uh, he introduced me to the PDAC. Uh, when I was a young student at McGill, uh, I used to buy the cheapest train ticket I could get and uh, come to Toronto from Montreal. And uh, Jack and Marie Watts allowed me to sleep on the sofa in their entertainment room. And uh, I've been around ever since. So, Jack, we remember you. We remember you well. The the next thing I'd like to do is, is just very quickly go through the, the uh, title here that says Capital Rebound, How, Where, and When Will It Come Back? Uh, that's a, a lot more difficult. Uh, it will come back, because it always does, uh, and uh, I'll start in a few moments in telling you how I feel about a lot of it, uh, but if you just take, allow me to take a personal way on this one as well. Uh, I think then when we put the Toronto Stock Exchange Venture Division out of business, it will be a awful lot easier to raise money for the kind of companies that live here. And, uh, that is personal, and uh, I'll say I'm biased. I, I'm a shareholder of the other stock exchange, uh, which is in place to make it easier. The rest of it, that's going to make it easier to raise money, and it will reduce your legal costs to raise money, and it will reduce the aggravation you have to have in order to raise money. But as I'm going to talk, I'm going to a quote from this red book here, uh, because I think you should all go out and get a copy of this book, and I'll tell you about it in a second. If you think it's all about money, if you think it's all about gold, you're right. But in the world that we live in today, it's all about China. And this book is titled, When China Rules the World. I recommend everybody read it. It's the rise of the Middle Kingdom and the end of the Western world. And my view is this book is correct. And we are going to see it as China is just grabbing all the gold they can get. 
and the United States is just making every mistake they can make in every effort that they try. So, let me just find the first part of what I want. was in March, on March 15th, 1999, that I was invited to make a similar speech that uh, hopefully I can do today. Uh, I, uh, my phone closes. Didn't close it after all. <laughs> uh, I was invited to make a speech on March 15th, 1999, and I want to read the conclusion because when I started looking as to what I should say when I get here about how we're going to resurrect uh, the the Briext uh, people in the regulatory system, uh, it came to mind that I did the same thing in 1999. And in 1999, we had a very similar kind of market as we have today. Uh, we uh, had a commodities and resource equities uh, were devastated by the then Asian contagion, as they called it, and, and there was an upside, an upcycle was overdue. Commodities, I said, and resource equities are incorrectly discounting the global recession that Asia had created and are selling at lower prices than seen in a generation. Does that sound familiar? That's March 1999. Reconstitution of the convergence of global growth is more likely. This is going to be part of the global growth. Uh, McKinsey Research have put out a study that says that we've got a long way to go in the resource industry before we find enough of the kind of products that we look for uh, uh, to, to service the world. Uh, demographics are unbelievably in favor of, of our industry. Uh, I continued with this in 1999, uh, and I, maybe it's the same thing, but I'll try it. Uh, was it Don Cox actually had it. Uh, it was the middle of this year in 1999. Uh, it was going to be uh, <coughs> The, uh, when, when you read Nostradamus, the time of the final clash between the bear and the eagle. The bear is where we are. The eagle is what we're hoping for. Our hope is that it will be a peaceful clash. I think that it will make the inflection point to create a long-awaited change in the market for commodities and commodity-related equities. In fact, at that time, I called the period ahead of us the buy of a generation for commodities. And I think we're in exactly the same position today. As we enter 2014, I'm bearish about the current state of all stock markets. The bearishness does not mean, does not mean I'm necessarily uh, bearish uh, on the price performance of the stock market for the coming year because I think we will end up having a buying opportunity 
that will result from this bearishness. There's another personal point to that. Three weeks ago, uh, the uh, non-compete contract that I've had with the Bank of Nova Scotia since I sold my business to them ended. So if there's going to be a good time to buy stocks, I'm glad I'm back in the business. I could easily see a scenario where the stock market remains flat on the various indexes, S&P 500 or what have you, uh, before 2014 actually draws to a close. This projection implies a great deal of optimism at first glance. It's actually not optimism, it's a negative observation as much as I could easily see circumstances where the stock market on the S&P 500 could get below 1200 in the coming year. To me, that's an advantage. Potential for this wide-ranging stock market outlook really resides in the heart of my overall concern about markets. We have been living in what I've been calling a Botox environment. The stimulus that has been put out by the American Federal Reserve uh, has really been like Botox. It's tried to make the United States look pretty and as a result there's been tremendous buying of stocks on the, on the U U.S. market and in Canada. Uh, that has distorted the many ways that we look at the market. Whether they continue with that or not does not make me bearish or bullish. It's an illusion. The stock market is an illusion. The, the upside of the stock market that we have seen in the last little while is basically an illusion. Uh, and it's all based upon tremendous monetary stimulus which seems absurd, you have to look no further than the many asset classes that in the past have closely correlated to the stock market when they reach the breaking point. So, I'm bearish on the stock market, but I'm very bullish on gold and anything that has an inflationary impact. The uh, basics of printing money, which has been going on now uh, since 2008 and continues, and the new uh, regulator of the Federal Reserve of the state says she intends to continue. So that makes me bearish on capital markets in general, but worried about those investors that have been suckered into the stock market as we see it right now. But I'm bullish on the price of gold because the price of gold has had its bearish hit and clearly every country in the world is printing paper currency and the United States is at the lead of the printing paper currency and that has and has that wonderful reserve currency world reserve currency that allows them to print at will and use the money any way they want that is going to end the major countries in the world are starting to work around it, especially China. China is buying gold every day. They are in the market every day. Almost doesn't matter what the price is, they are collecting gold. The uh, intention is, as some people say, to make the yuan a reserve currency and on my view is that that's not the case. 
the intention is to eliminate the United States dollar from being the reserve currency. So as a result, we've had a bullish stock market uh, that followed after the major hit in 2008, 2009. Uh, and a lot of People like me say, why? Why? Why is this market so strong? Just today I received a little note from my good friend, former partner, Seymour Schulich. He sent me a Warren Buffett quote because he knew I probably knew I was going to talk today. Uh, a bullish market, it said, is like sex. It's always best just before the end. <laughs> and we are just before the end. So, I'm bearish, but the bearishness does not necessarily mean that I'm not going to be there to buy stocks. Because I see a scenario where the stock market will remain flat to down and there'll be some good things to buy. This projection implies a great deal of optimism at first glance. It's not optimism, it's that negative observation. And the potential for a wide-ranging stock market outlook really resides in the heart of my overall concern about markets and that Botox environment that we've lived in. In the 70s, I was in the business, in the investment business, partnership of Austin Butel and Seymour Schulich. We watched Mr. Buffett build his whole portfolio based on what he bought in the years 1973 and 1974, which were similar to where we are today. We had a terrible down market and things were being given away. I was young then and uh, I'm bearing the unintended consequences that are associated with the aggressive monetary stimulus over the last several years. And it will come home to roost. So I'm bearish, and I'm getting ready to become bullish. But let's get back to gold and what China is doing. The elimination of the ability of the United States to be the reserve currency is something that China has stated they're not happy about. Uh, the president of the new president of China, his first visit was to meet with Mr. Putin at his request. He did not get invited, he invited himself to the Kremlin. Uh, and Mr. Putin is not exactly the best friend of the United States either. Uh, and uh, he would be in favor of eliminating that reserve currency. So. With the elimination of that reserve currency, uh, what's happening to the mining? <coughs> Janet Yellen said she'd step in at any signs of economic discomfort with more than quantitative easing. And maybe that's why the price of gold is up. I just heard that there was a step up this morning. I, I don't even know what, how big it was. 
it doesn't surprise me. I expect it. I expect it to go higher. But what's happening is that the giant companies are selling assets to shore up their cash positions. Lencore, Extrata will likely sell its last bombus copper mine in Peru. Barrick will likely try to sell its copper mine. Uh, BHP Billiton looks to raise $25 billion by selling its 10 businesses, including the Decaddy Diamond Mine, which they have just sold, and Cola Assets in Australia. Rio Tinto is, so has sold its aluminum industry. Anglo-American will divest its Minas Rio iron ore mine in Brazil and its platinum division. So, the, mining, the big mining companies are, are getting out. They're not looking for new stuff, they're just getting out of their old stuff. And that began all this just, just recently, in the last year or so. Uh, we saw what uh, Barrick and Gold Corp sold the Marigold Mine in Nevada to a junior mining company. Uh, Sherrod International sold its coal assets and royalty portfolio. Buyers for its assets were junior miners. Altius Minerals, which took the royalties. Westmoreland Coal. Private equity funds, which is probably going to be the first area that I take our new investment management business to, uh, are very important in that mix. Uh, there's companies being formed. Aaron Regent just uh, leaving Barrick put together Magris Resources to invest in mining assets, and it's uh, it's in there. Uh, J.P. Morgan's uh, Lloyd Ben Gilly runs the QKR fund. Former BHP Billiton executive Andre Leibenberg backs him as chief financial officer. So there's money out there. It's not a question that there isn't money out. I'm in the process of uh, teaming up uh, with uh, a Hong Kong company, uh, in fact, Simon Murray, uh, to run a private equity fund dedicated to resources. So there's where you're going to see the ability to get more money. Uh, I can tell you that CMP is still alive. Flow-through share market is still alive. Flow-through shares, uh, which was created uh, by my partners and myself in 1983-84, uh, has been unbelievably good to the resource industry. Uh, Chuck Fitke used to call me every morning at 5 o'clock in the morning because I was selling his stock that had bought on a flow-through <coughs> basis, uh, and he told me it was a great mine. It was. And we've, we've probably raised five or six billion dollars and we had a, another flow-through share uh, uh, piece put in. I've spoken to Flaherty and uh, he thinks it's not going to end. The uh, big thing though, China is buying gold. The World Gold Council tells us China overtook India as the world's largest buyer last year. China's demand for gold bars and coins and jewelry soared 32% to a record high. They have encouraged their population to own gold. China is 10 years behind India in terms of deregulation and growth of demand. 
but based on last year being such a strong year, it's hard to equal that again in 2014, but I think they will. I think their intention is to get enough gold to eliminate the U.S. dollar as a world reserve currency. Now, the impact of that is enormous. I'm not going to go into it because it's not going to help us. It's going to be enormous in the sense that it just means that the United States is possibly in bankruptcy. The United States has an unsustainable debt load owed to China, and most of all, they hold nearly $4 trillion of reserves. 60% of that is in U.S. Treasury, but they simply can't dump the treasuries because there's no one to sell them to. And that's why they're vacuuming up the world's gold. There's obviously some kind of plan behind their actions, something that they certainly wouldn't admit because it's to their not to their advantage. The Chinese are preparing to do something with all this gold uh, in a special presentation. They have a new president, and he is working on his own. And that's China's secret financial weapon. And it should be good for us. Because going further to that, if you look at uh, McKinsey, the McKinsey study on resources and the fact that the emerging countries in the world are actually re-emerging and they are doing more and there is going to be demand for other commodities as well. What we need to get around the problems that we have within raising money is we need a buoyant stock market, which I think we're going to get. Uh, in, in the resource sector and we need the ability to get to market easily which has been made very difficult by the current regulatory authorities and the uh, venture exchange. Anne Rand told us that as individuals we have innate nobility and that our highest duty is to flourish by realizing our potential. And we have that ability to flourish by realizing our potential because we have tremendous potential. She also told us that we can develop and join a culture that may be different and be able to create material wealth in profoundly different ways. In 1974, Alan Greenspan, who was a follower of Ayn Rand, yet, who was yet to become a central banker, told us in business, Inflation creates uncertainty and risk and makes planning more difficult and discourages managers from hiring or building factories or indeed doing any kind of investing for growth. But both Alan Greenspan and Anne Rand were crazy gold bugs in their younger days. The fact is, if we can return to a classical gold standard and get rid of the Federal Reserve being where we are, we will have a good time in the commodity markets. I challenge you all to go on your Google, look up the McKinsey report on uh, world resources, and you'll see why I come to that uh, conclusion, that there is lots of things to do. It may not be in Canada, and it may not be in places that you really want to visit, but 
Africa is wide open still. Uh, China is choosing to be in Latin America. Uh, there's lots of things to uh, to do other than selling, which is what appears to be happening. And I'll close in a few moments. And I, I Let me show you what. Where's my jiggery girl is going to show you this. Let me give you a picture of what I'm talking about. This is the Standard & Poor's 500 materials. Doesn't look so bad. It's not really overvalued, but it's part of the reason why I'm a little negative on the stock market in general. This is the S&P 500. This is the specialty chemicals. Tremendously overvalued in the stock market. This is my, one of the evidence, pieces of evidence, and it's a lot more than Here's paper products, overvalued. I can tell you that the Buffett formula for the stock market says that it's overvalued. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. Railroads, Mr. Buffett owns a lot of railroads, overvalued. But guess what? Look at gold. That's the US market on gold. And these are based upon the information that uh, comes out of Martin Nuremberg's firm, uh, which is really us. Let's go to the Toronto Stock Exchange. There's the banks. A lot of people were curious as to why the newspaper was making fun of me when they said I sold my Bank of Nova Scotia stock uh, to buy gold. So let's let me go back one. That's, that's what I bought, and that's what I sold. I think I'm doing my job. Financials on TSX, overvalued. Pharmaceuticals, out of sight, overvalued. Healthcare, overvalued. Auto parts and equipment, overvalued. Railroads, Canada. Overvalued. It's only two companies. Industrials in general. Packaged foods, meats. Overvalued. Consumer discretionary stuff. Materials. That's the stuff we we deal in, guys. It's undervalued. It's undervalued, and it's ready to be bought. This is not gold. This is copper, zinc. Anything, fertilizers, things of that nature. The market is telling us that they're trading for a lot less than they're worth. There's the fertilizer. It's not quite as low, but it's there. And once again, there's the Canadian gold market. So you can see why I come here and tell you that I am uh, bearish on the market. Uh, I. I buy into the fact that uh, sex is like a bull market, and uh, we are enjoying it. Both the Buffett Index and the Wilshire 5000 variant suggest that today's market is as lofty valuations. In fact, the latest quarter 
and the Wilshire version is the third highest in history of an overvalued stock market. It's fractionally topped by two quarters that occurred in 2000. Remember, the last time I spoke was 1999. That's 2000. Buffett's ratio of market values uh, is the fact that it's basically overvalued. I had the uh, I had the the luxury of uh, sitting beside Warren Buffett at a dinner not very long ago, and with curiosity I asked him, "How come we never hear of you being optimistic or pessimistic? You're pretty." common and everything. Oh, he said, I'm never optimistic and I'm never pessimistic. I'm realistic. So, we let it go for a bit and I said, what does realistic mean? And he said, if I can buy a company that I'm absolutely confident will give me a 15% annual return forever, I'll buy it. And that's what we're going to see in the market that kind of stuff, and I hope that I'm going to be able to follow Mr. Buffett's rules and take it, get back into the investment management business at a point in time which is the right time. And I'm very serious about what China is going to do to the gold market. And I'm also very serious about what demography and increased living standards of we used to call emerging markets, which I now call re-emerging markets, is going to do to base metals and things of that nature. Uh, and all that's going to occur at a point during an inflationary environment. So the basics of having a good time are there. Unfortunately, we have regulators who give us a hard time. Uh, so my commercial of the day is there is another stock exchange it's called the Canadian Securities Exchange and it's designed to give you a good time so thank you I don't know if there's a question and answer period no <laughs> he thought about it for a bit but I'd be happy to talk to any one of you at any time uh, you got to have you know how I feel I hope you all feel the same and have a good day thanks a lot